Up next, another episode of 30 Wise with Taylor, Derek, and Kurt. We are glad you are listening. Find us on Facebook at 30 Wise Podcast or send an email to 30wisepodcast at gmail.com. And now, what you all came to listen for, 30 Wise. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. This is Kurt. I'm here with Derek and Taylor, and we are ready for another exciting discussion here on 30 Wise. We're back. We're back, and better than ever. Yes, (laughs) Sorry for the slight hiatus there. We had a couple uh, business trips and family trips and things, and life kind of just keeps going, but... That's how dads in their 30s roll. So here we are back again. We just keep grinding, baby. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of the grind, 18 months from now, we will be sitting down in November and electing another president. Uh, and the long, slow grind to that has started. We have candidates popping up left and right announcing Ooh, their candidacy. Uh, so we thought it would be fun here on 30 Wise. Now, mind you, none of us are eligible to run in the 2020 election because none of us will be 35 by that time. Uh, so we are going to have a fun little discussion and kind of run what platforms we would run on if we could run for president, have a little friendly banter back and forth. and uh, and then on the friendly. Yeah. <laughs> This is politics, anything goes. (laughs) And then what we'd really, really enjoy from all of you listeners out there is we are going to put a Facebook poll up uh, over the next week after this episode is released. If you could jump on our Facebook page at 30 Wise Podcast and vote for which of the three of us you would want to run if we could run for president. And we'll determine later on what the winner gets. I love it. I'm excited for it. I love it. I'm excited to find out who wins. Well, I think it's I think probably we're... not going to be me. <laughs> oh yeah, I wasn't going to say that either. But... <laughs> Who wants to dive in? Who wants to go first? I nominate Kurt. I do too. Okay, uh, let's start. So I, I think we talked about we were each going to present two different uh, topics or platforms that we would would think were really important for our campaign, and then uh, the the guys could jump in whenever they wanted to rebuttal or comment. Uh, there's really no time limits on this. There's no moderator. We're just moderating ourselves. So. Uh, let's get at it. Uh, I was the first one that that uh, is very important to me uh, with my my career and my wife's career, and and I think for the American people in general is healthcare. Uh, we had the Affordable Care Act. They're working on trying to repeal that without having a, a good replacement for it. So I would run on. We need to make sure that we have a very very. Uh, decent plan for restructuring the uh, Affordable Care Act. I think it's very important that we as Americans do have access to health care nationwide, um, making sure that we have insurance for all. Now, I'm not talking Medicare for all. We've got to figure something out. Um, I'm looking at making sure that no penalties for pre-existing conditions, because I think no no person should be left behind because of things that they can't control. Uh, also, I want to create an open market. So currently, for those of you not aware, most states, depending on where you live, you can only purchase certain health care plans. Um, whereas I think it would increase competition and increase, um, you know, the lower it might actually drive costs lower for healthcare if we open it up where wherever you lived in America, you could buy an insurance plan anywhere else in the United States. Uh, and then, so how much state do you take out of it then? State insurance? No, just the state aspect of it, because each state's got their own right platform to buy on and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you do you want to then limit it to specifically all federal 
stuff, or are you going to say, hey, states, figure your shit out, because right now what you're doing isn't working? Well, I don't think the states are going to have the resources to figure it out as well as the federal government. If we have a platform where everyone can go to nationally and then put it in the in the PBM or the benefit manager's hands to get their information and their plan on that, where they can upload and have the information so people can have a centralized shopping area where they can look at things. Um, it's still going to be a lot to go through. I mean, insurance is tricky and confusing, so there's going to be, have to be licensed insurance agents that can help people navigate that. But trying to have it all in one area, I think, would be the best bet for people to, to have a better idea of what they're getting. Um, the, also, the increased transparency uh, for benefit managers, I think, would be one of the other very key aspects of this platform. Uh, people don't know what they're paying their insurance company for, and people <laughs> don't know what their insurance company is paying their doctors or their dentists or their pharmacists. And there is a lot of um, unfortunate happenings due to that and there are dentists and doctors who will not take certain insurance plans because they can't run a business at a loss because these insurance companies aren't reimbursing them at the rate that they need to to run a a feasible business and and making them be more transparent is really going to take the ball out of their court and put it into the hands of the people who need the health care so so you bring up the the insurance companies isn't that where it needs to start because, I mean, the insurance companies are the ones that are picking and choosing where they can and can't go, what they can and can't do. Isn't it, doesn't it fall back on the insurance companies then to make it more realistic and more affordable for people? Yes. And I think by providing transparency, it is going to increase that affordability and by opening up the market so that you can purchase a plan. Say you live here in Minnesota. I don't know that you can buy Kaiser Permanente out of California. I think you're stuck with Health Partners, Blue Cross Blue Shield. There's certain certain plans that you have to go with. So then you just find the one that's the best for what you need, but it may not be the best one out there. Or the cheapest. Or the cheapest. And therefore, by opening it up and letting insurance companies that have better benefits, like, hey, if you live healthy lifestyles, we're going to give you credits or benefits back. Or if you see this doctor or go to your appointments on a regular basis, we're going to give you more benefits. That's going to put the pressure on the insurance companies to... A, either improve the quality of their product or B, drop their costs down. I like that because, like I said, anytime you introduce competition in the world of business, the consumer wins. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that, like you said, is to take state lines out of it and let be, people purchase whatever insurance they want wherever it's located, specifically if it meets their needs best. Because from there, the insurance companies will evolve and start offering more competitive, better-priced products that meet the needs of more people, most likely. So yeah, that's a great point. So what what do we do then with the the drug companies? Because that's a whole separate aspect of the healthcare piece that's un, unaffordable. You look at, and I'm not talking about all prescriptions, but you know specifically you look at like an EpiPen, for example. Sure. Let's just let's just narrow it down to one thing. It's six hundred dollars for an EpiPen, and insurance picks up maybe a quarter, maybe nothing of that cost, and you're putting something in that's a life saving instrument into a person's hands and they can't even use it because they can't afford it for whatever reason. So I think the other piece to that healthcare part of it is we have to make prescription drugs more affordable. You know, I'm not saying we're going to go up to Canada and get everything, but there's got to be a way that we can make a compromise with those pharmaceutical companies in order to make things like that more affordable that are life-saving drugs. You look at 
somebody with cystic fibrosis and they're 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 maxing out their insurance or their deductible in the first month of the year sure. because their prescriptions are so expensive. Absolutely. How does that make any sense? I don't know. I don't have the answers to all of it for you, but I, I would agree with you on that. That that's another part of the healthcare aspect that we'd have to look into and, and try to find some better answers than what we have currently. What's your topic number two? Topic number two that I'd like to talk about is uh, increasing America's reliance on renewable energy. I'm not trying to shut down the coal business at all, but I think we all need to be realistic. I believe, I'm a firm believer in science, and science shows that there is climate change. Oh, yeah. There, the, the, hot, the, the bad weather's getting worse, the, the wet weather's getting worse, the dry weather's getting worse. It's, I mean, on every end of the spectrum, it's, the, the climate is changing. I think the and, first place you need to start with that is explaining global warming to people. Because <laughs> nobody understands what it is, or very few people understand. No, Kurt should lead by example and put a windmill in his backyard. <laughs> I've talked to Lori about it. You can, you can find not even a wind turbine, but you can buy like small home like things that, as the wind rattles, it builds electricity. I would love that. I've, like the I've old talked to her. Windmill. Yeah, I've talked to her about um, that. I've talked to her about solar panels on our roof. I know Tesla makes a solar panel uh, shingle actually. That you can put on your roof, and it's supposed to be like as good as a forty-year shingle. So I don't. You I mean, think the insurance companies are going to insure that? Maybe. <laughs> I think it, it eventually, under my under under my four years, hopefully eight <laughs> years, uh, we would be able to get them in, it, to encourage them to, to. But think to, of all the jobs lost. <laughs> you want to talk about jobs lost, or you want to talk about? I'm going to stick to the issue that I'm going to talk about. We have to realize that as a species, the human race is affecting the climate of the world around us. Um, I'm not going to go as crazy as some people would say and, you know, say that we need to control methane gas released by cows because they've been around for a long time and I love a good steak. So I'm not going to say cut down on the dairy cows or the beef cattle or things. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we do need to, you know, strongly look at increasing our reliance on wind, solar, and, uh, Water? Water. We, water's been around for a long time. But the ocean water. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we could do that. Wind, uh, ocean currents. So you'd, you'd, uh, you'd, you'd reallocate government dollars then to toward more programs like that. Yeah. And, and I think bring back some of the tax incentives, too, for companies that are expanding those, those available energy sources. Mm-hmm. I like it because it needs to be done eventually. Everyone knows there's an issue. Everybody knows there's a problem. We got to face it at some point. It's just who wants to carry the burden of having to pay for well and I think some of that. the some of the pushback is the is the cost of the the technology. I would argue that if you look at back when the first Model A came out, it wasn't the most efficient car, but it kept getting better and better and better and now we have really efficient engines and cars. Whereas, you know, twenty years ago wind turbines, super expensive. Not as efficient, not nearly as efficient as the ones we have. Uh, there's some out there that one turn of the blade can power a home for a day. Yeah. And for the same cost of what it used to cost to put up a wind turbine. So the, the, as the technology evolves, the cost is going to go down and the production is going to go up. So it's something that we need to look at. It just seems like common sense. If it's going to make the world a better place and it's more efficient to do it that way, to use our natural resources in that light, why not do it? What I want to know is, is anybody focusing on the, um, the the waste that we have? So you look at like a garbage pile or whatever whatever you want to call that. What is it called? A What's dump? It called? Yeah, a dump. So you look at a dump and what can we do <laughs> to trap the heat that's being produced 
when they're covering all that up. I mean, you see them. Have you been? Have you seen a like dump up close where they've got the pipes coming out as soon as they seal it up? There's got to be a way to take advantage of that. Maybe actually, there is. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. I actually heard um, someone talking about that on NPR the other day that they were they were talking to the the people that do fracking mm-hmm. in Colorado, and they were actually saying that you could we could figure out a way to put our waste a mile and a half underneath the surface of the earth. You're never gonna like it's it's down there. It's trapped. It's not gonna leak into water sources or anything because it's it's underneath so much compressed ground that there's no way for it to seep or leak out. I don't know how. How do we, we make that energy? I know, right? <laughs> you put a turbine in that tunnel, <laughs> and that's why with all those options out there and a lot of smart smart people thinking about that sort of thing, I am not at all worried about the future of our world because I think we have the technology to make changes smart that we people. can take advantage of. Yeah, we got a lot of smart people. You Kurt Orchard. Us. Kurt Orchard is one of those people. Now that is Kurt Orchard's two hot topics. If you want to vote for Kurt, go on our Facebook page. Next up is Taylor Herman. Taylor, Ooh. take it away. Your 2020 presidential campaign starts now. All right. So one of the biggest things that that I have a problem with with the government, and and I don't know how we fix this. Drain the swamp. That's true. <laughs> so here here's 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 how we do with topic number one. It is. Um, getting everybody to come together. And I know this is a hard piece and a hard line to, to go, but there are, there, it's so hard to look at the government right now when we're having shutdowns, we're wasting money, people aren't working, uh, they're shutting the state, they're shutting state, federal governments down because we can't come to an agreement, that we need to get back to being able to work more together and being unified more um, with, with both parties. So it's not, I'm not saying that both parties have to agree on everything and because that's not going to work and, and that, you know, that's not what democracy is about. But we're so far right and we're so far left right now that there's no middle ground and there's hardly anybody trying to work together. Everybody's just trying to piss on the other guy to make him pissed off so that way then we're all just mad at each other. So we need to figure out how we bring both parties more closer together, not necessarily working together or unified, but we just have to bring them closer together so they'll actually talk about it. Well, then you eliminate media. I th- yeah, I don't think you'll be able to bring... <laughs> completely eliminate media because then there is absolutely no um, no reason to be as far away as far as politics as they are currently right now. Because right now what gets airtime is being the extreme right or the extreme left. Right. Whereas and that's what, I don't think that's the majority. And, and to Taylor's point, I think the... the, the the thing is that we have to remember and to encourage all anyone who's aspiring to be a future politician is that as a politician, your job is to represent the voices and opinions of the people you represent. Democracy was built so that the people whose voices can't be heard can be at least represented. And I don't think that that's what our people are doing right now because there's so much going on right now that everybody's worried about the next election. We're, we're 18 months away, as Kurt mentioned, yeah. and we're already trying to ramp up for it we've got 15 people on the democratic side they can't they can't agree on bringing one or two people together i mean obviously that's what the the, that's what the primaries the are primaries for. are yeah. for you got to remember though you but, have to remember with politicians at that level running for president there are forces bigger than them pulling the strings oh exactly when it comes to who's going to be a successful politician the bankroll behind them plays a huge factor yeah and those people have their motives <laughs> And are pushing their politicians that they basically control in the direction they want. Well, and that's that's the problem because those people who have a lot of power and a lot of money are not the majority. It is the minority. So mm-hmm. those minority people are winning over. The the majority people aren't getting their voice heard like 
Kurt, you mentioned having that come out and being able to do that kind of stuff. It's just not happening. So we need to get more people that are going to be willing to come together, fight against those people and bring more voices up to it. Because I can guarantee you that there's more people out there that would vote for people that are working together than are going to vote for people that are, oh, that are going. hands down. And, and that's, that's down, what I, I see as a problem. The biggest problem with our government right now is that we, that we can't come together to agree on anything. Right. It's who's wrong. If I'm right, then you're wrong. There's yep. no like, There's no let's agreeing. find a middle ground. Let's yep. compromise. Let's, you give a little bit here. I give a little bit here, which is what we're all about on here. 30 wise here. I mean, we have compromises. <laughs> we don't know. We don't always agree on everything, but we can find a common ground. I don't think you have to run on that though, because I think it's going to be an issue that works itself out like everything else. They're going to they're gonna be on their far ends. Disagree they're going to be on their there. far ends and people like Donald Trump are going to come in and continue to win elections. And politicians are going to get smart and because of that, and politicians are going to get smart and they're going to come closer to the middle again. And because that's gonna, that, those so were the votes are going to be. Maybe it'll be a cycle. It'll just it keep going be. back. Just and forth. like everything else, it's a cycle. But we're talking about creating a cultural change in the world of politics, where there's absolutely no like potential financial benefit, which is what what to Taylor's point is yeah. what's driving politics today. Yeah. So how do you create a cultural change would be my my pushback to you, Taylor. As well, if that's the platform you're running on, how do you create that, that change? How do you eliminate hundred and some years of exactly. the way politics have been run? But that's exactly that's my next point is adding in term limits for people and instead of just having it free, you know, obviously they have to reelect people. And I'm, I'm okay with having incumbents being reelected because it does take time in order to make change. But there's got to be a certain point where we're kicking these old wrinkly bastards out of government and getting new fresh blood in there. I don't care if the next person's old and wrinkly, but it's a new face. It's a new person. It's a new thought and idea for the most part. Now, that, could, that could go the other way, though, because what, what if you get a rock star in there who, who has the same opinion as you that wants to bring people together and change the culture, and then he's gone in two terms. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of levels that they can go to. You look at what Obama did. He was a first term senator, came in, won the presidential election, was the president for two for two terms. I'm not saying that everybody's going to do that, but there's different levels of government that they could do and they could impact by having and coming in and changing over. I'm not saying it's two terms. I'm not going to limit it to two terms. I'm just saying those people that have been in there for 30 or 40 years, we need to kick those people out because those are, the, I feel like, are the people that are separating everybody and keeping those hard right and hard left people out. So do you think that that change would be better served made at the top of our political spectrum or at the more local community level first, if you had to decide? Well, I think you gotta, you got to start, start and go up. Okay. Because obviously the president is termed out with two terms. So you've got that, that, top, that top part that's there. You've got the bottom part at the local level that we need to work on, and you're going to be able to figure those kinks out by doing it on, low, low, lower, on that lower level. So doing it on a lower level, bringing it up and building it up as you get bigger. Now, what that lower level is obviously is a question mark because we don't want to say, all right, we're going to term out mayors in two years because half the time people can't get a person to be a mayor because there's no benefit to it in a lot of cases. But you look at you know those those senators on the state level and then building it up, senators and house representatives and building it up from there. 
Here would be my pushback on that, Taylor. Now, I've thought about this idea a lot, and I, I used to think it was a really good idea. The The pushback that I would have on setting term limits for our House and Senate representatives would be uh, that you, when you come in as a freshman senator or freshman uh, Republican or House representative, whatever, whatever, whatever you yep. come in on, if we're not going to, if we're going to make it change over so often, you know who sticks around and who's been playing this game for forever? The same people that you're upset are running the government. <laughs> the lobbyists. That's true. The lobbyists will be doing it for 30, 40, 50 years, and you know who they're going to get their claws into the freshman senator the freshman yeah. house representative so i would argue um that although it sounds like really really appealing we have to figure out some way to limit the impact of lobbyists i don't know if that means we try to eliminate super PACs and stop treating businesses like people or the other idea um okay so so here so maybe here's something better maybe it's not a term limit maybe there's an age limit so once you hit a certain age you can't be a, you can't, you're, you're just out. You hit 65. What's you're, ageism? You're well, <laughs> well, I'm just it saying, is, yeah. <laughs> but hey, I can't run for president being less than 35. What if you can't right. be what, a senator after you're 65? What if people said Taylor Herman can't do what he does right now when he turns 35? Well, and they got to start over doing something is else. Is there a good reason behind it? What if they report saving for retirement and now their career is Are the people gone? that have <laughs> been in office for 40 years, are they there because people are too lazy to vote? Probably yes. not. It, it also <laughs> could be the fact that the people that are in that district really think that that person represents their views and opinions for the last forty years. It could, or that we're, or that we're having less people vote, or we could have more people vote by having new people come in, and we're having less people vote because oh, the same people are winning every year. I'm just not going to go vote because my vote, my one vote, doesn't matter. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Herman, if Woo. you are intrigued with vote that argument. Me! Vote Herman 2020. Now, on to the big boys. <laughs> My running stances or topics for the 2020 presidential campaign, number one, is I would create universal health care for kids 12 years and younger. There is nothing worse as a parent than having to decide whether you should bring your kid in to get seen by a doctor, especially when they're young and they can't tell you what's wrong, or not because you're afraid it's going to cost a lot of money, Right. And there's nothing worse as a parent than trying to get care for your kid but not being able to because it costs too much money or you don't have the right kind of insurance. Kids can't take care of themselves. Us adults are in charge of that. And I think the one smart thing we can do for our children is create some sort of universal health care that all parents can take advantage of with their young kids. On top of that, I would also increase or completely eliminate the, um, eliminate the barriers to put money into an HSA. And that should be the primary funding factor instead of insurance itself for adults to pay for their health care. Well, but that goes back to health insurance or insurance is expensive. Why don't we just make it more affordable as Kurt was mentioning? Because then you're not because then people could take advantage of the system. So universal health care for kids I think is extremely important so then parents don't have to go through that burden. Eliminate the barriers of needing high in, um, uh, uh, high deductible insurance policy to yeah. be able to include money into an HSA and eliminate the max you can do on that. Let people fund their own health care instead of pouring money into insurance and hoping they get what they think they're going to get out of that. Let people fund it themselves like the government created for retirement when they started 401ks. The other thing I would do if I were running for the 2020 presidential nominee, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> is I would severely lower or completely eliminate all the regulation around gambling. People love going into bars or Buffalo Wild Wings, wherever they go, and they love playing pull tabs, right? Yeah. Why not expand on that? Why not create more commerce in those areas that people like to spend money on, tax it, and 
create more reasons for people to go out and spend their money. It's going to help local businesses. It's going to help small businesses. And people are going to be able to do things that they would otherwise have to go to Las Vegas and spend a ton of money tax on to do. Tax the heck out of it. Well, what? But then... Not even tax. I got tax it normally. Tax it normal. Tax it normally like anything else. Yeah. But allow people... I hate that there is are rules out there that people can't do that sort of thing, especially with where technology is at today. Why can't I go into a bar, drink a beer, hop on my phone, bet 50 bucks in the Twins game, enjoy watching that game at a bar... With because a little money the on the line to make it a little more interesting. More interesting with money on the line, right? <laughs> or a hockey game, or a basketball game, or a football on Sunday. How fun would that be to have hundred dollars and bet five games of twenty bucks a pop while you're in a bar hanging out with your buddies watching those football games? So what about the addiction factor? People that are going to get addicted are going to find a way to gamble anyway, in my opinion, sure. and they're going to be addicted. Fair enough. With some of that tax money, create programs that help people with addiction even more than there are right now, and that could be a great way to. Um, Help the people who already need help when it's illegal and others that will end up that way if you're worried about that. People have worried about addiction, what the the, the the snowball effect will be when it comes to that sort of thing. But really it hasn't been that bad when it comes to alcohol. I doubt it's going to be as bad as people say when it comes to marijuana. I don't think gambling is going to be as bad as people say. And I think if you're going to be one that becomes addicted, you're going to find a way to do it anyway. So why not tax it to spend some of that tax money in creating more and better programs to help people deal with that that are already dealing with it currently right now. So those are my two big things. I would a, piece make... of, a piece of what a, a why addiction seems so bad, though, too, is because it's secretive. If we can make it more accessible, not, I'm not saying that we it's accessible, but you, that hiding factor is what hurt, is what can have a potential more negative effect on some people than just doing it freely, like for alcohol or whatever. I mean, you you get people that are trying to to buy drugs or do something like that, and they're it's causing. An issue because they have to do it secretively and they're they're not being safe while they're doing it. All right, wrapping it up here because we're almost out of time. Everybody, it's one more minute to to give their closing argument for why they should get to vote for the 2020 presidential election. Kurt, kick it off, ladies and gentlemen. Just make sure to check in for me and and cast your vote for Kurt for 2020. Uh, we're gonna w- make sure that we're making sure that healthcare is more affordable, more accessible, and that. Uh, benefit managers are held accountable for the money that you are giving them each and every day that you work. We are also going to turn our focus and make sure that America can not just give up on coal, but we're going to be more reliable on renewables also to help lower that burden. Nice. Taylor? All right, because I was different than Kurt and Derek. you got to vote for me because I was that deciding factor or that changed factor. You guys are running on the same things. I'm running over here on something completely independent. But, again, focusing on making sure that we're having people come together and we're getting more people, more new faces into government. Great points, but none top mine, which is (laughs) if you love your kids, give them the opportunity to get the top level of health care that they deserve without putting the strain on your own pocketbooks. Our kids can't tell us what's wrong. Professionals can. Give us a chance to bring our kids to those professionals and not have to worry about the consequence of our checkbooks getting blown out of the water. And everybody loves to have fun. Why not increase that and throw commerce into it with a little extra tax income? Make gambling free everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the fifth episode of the 30 Wise Podcast. Go on our Facebook page to vote. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or anything else in your mind, make sure to email us at 30wisepodcast.com. Otherwise, have a fantastic rest of your day. We hope you're doing well, and we'll catch you next time on the 30 Wise Podcast. God bless America. The